this decision was actually made on acid while I was at a concert. I'm like, I'm making an OnlyFans and I'm quitting this fucking job. Wardrobe screams father. We have more trust than that. How was your relationship with your father? Just saying, why did you have the attention? That's offensive. What the fuck is up, my people? I now have a podcast all to my motherfucking self. Well, part of that's true and part of that is a lie because um, I have my dog here. Her name is Wubs. She's technically my co-host for the day. Hopefully she's a good co-host and doesn't talk over me or do anything, do anything bad, anything distracting. I feel like she will give me kisses in the middle, but I do have Wubs as a co-host today. For those of you who didn't listen to my podcast before, for those of you who do not know me, my name is Adelia. AKA deals or daddy deals or what is the deals? I got a lot of alter egos here, but my name is Adelia. Um, some fun facts about me. I really like dubstep. So like, wah, wah, wee, wah, wah. like, you know, those noises, people often refer to them as like dinosaur noises, like dinosaur having sex, but that's like the intensity of the music. Um, something else I like a little bit about me. I really like mushrooms, not the legal kind. Surprisingly, I'm not on them today. I am just drinking a Red Bull. So I get a God complex from the caffeine rush. Um, that's what I'm hoping here. Uh, and of course I love my dog Wubs and I'd say one of the most controversial things that I do, but also one of the most brandable is that I have an OnlyFans. I have an OnlyFans. Now listen, you might, I got to spit a little bit, got too excited. Um, now listen, you might be thinking OnlyFans, OnlyFans, damn, this girl is a fucking whore. Well, you're not wrong, but like, I'm only semi kidding because I mean, I took a seven month break, seven month celibacy break from having sex for the first few months I did OnlyFans. And I only just started fucking around. So this whore thing, it's a little new. It's a little new to me. And I've been fucking around with girls and guys. <gasps> Gasp. Um, I know, surprising. I just recently found out that I'm bisexual while getting my vagina licked uh, by a gorgeous bomb bombshell with fake tits. Um, but I'll get more into that and the details of that a little bit later. But um, back to introducing myself. So you might be thinking, you introduced yourself as Adelia, but you have deals on all of your social medias. Well, the alter ego deals came to be because I started growing my Instagram while I was in college and you know I was going to a lot of raves and you know when I go to raves I post in pasty pictures and I post some slutty content like close-ups basically the camera is up in my asshole and up to my nipples <laughs> and those are the kinds of pictures that I would post so anywho when my Instagram started growing my parents started to be able to find me very easily because my username had Adelia in it. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard that name before or know anything about it, but it's not very common. I think there's like 15 Adelias on Instagram. So all you have to do is scroll a little bit to find me. And I kept getting in trouble in college for the kinds of pictures that I would post. So what did I do? I figured out a nickname that they had never heard before because I do not go by uh, deals or I never went by deals really before that. And I'd always been called Adelia. So I'm like, there's no way my parents will find me if I have deals as my internet persona. It's like my stripper name, my porn star name, but it's the name that I go by for the most part now. Um, and yes, 
Yes, I do consider myself a porn star for those of you wondering. I know not all OnlyFans girls are, but me, I, I've crossed that line. I am over the edge. I'm a P star. I'm proud of it. Let's fucking go. But the alter ego deals didn't end up working that well because apparently my OnlyFans grew so much and my Instagram was growing so much that people still texted my uh, dad and mother about my OnlyFans. And my dad had the audacity to text me screenshots of my nudes. <laughs> he was like, this is what you call empowering woman? And I'm like, yes, sir. Yes, it actually fucking does. Because my nudes let guys get off, which I think is a service to the community. I think a lot of guys have pent off up testosterone when they don't get laid often and I give them an outlet to go jack off <laughs> to my pictures videos etc they pay me so you know they're not I'm just I'm doing a service to them men everywhere are gonna be like calmer nicer people because they get off and how is it empowering women because women are getting that bad baby fuck the patriarchy women are getting rich by selling their nudes which let me tell you I'd say about this is just a made up stat here, but I think about like 80% of women were sending their nudes for free. So now we're just letting ourselves capitalize off it by selling videos of our cooters, selling tit pics, doing whatever. I'm going to take off my dog's collar because she's already being a bad fucking co-host. I, I was expecting her to be better than the last one, but love, you're, you're, you're fucking it up there. There, there you go. Now you're naked. My dog is now naked. Like I am online for hundreds of thousands of people to see. <laughs> for those of you who have been following me for a minute, I did have a podcast that I unfortunately had to leave due to a difference in values and not necessarily aligning with my partner at the time. Um, when I hear from multiple people that I am being inaccurately portrayed to like many others and, um, you know, it was just a sign that I had to leave and break myself off from that situation. And, um, you know, I think that we're both going to be happier this way. And it's just, it's a blessing to everybody. And I think that's all I'm going to say on the matter, just so we can focus on the positive. And the positive is that I have a podcast all to myself that's going to offend hopefully millions. I'm just putting that out there. I'm manifesting it. Millions are going to get offended by this, but millions are also going to be like, damn, this bitch is kind of funny. She pops that puh. Oh my God, the word pussy just makes me slightly uncomfortable, but she pops that pee. See, you can't say pop that vagine. It just doesn't work like that. So I pop that pee, I'm power woman, and I'm sometimes occasionally funny. So to explain the name, that's offensive, capital OF. So <laughs> if you live under a rock, OF stands for OnlyFans. However, having the word offensive versus OnlyFans or just having OF, I'm not going to get blocked by Facebook and Instagram ads anymore, baby. I can actually spend money advertising now. And I mean, that's part of the purpose because I think Instagram, Facebook, Google, they, they all hate OnlyFans. They're deleting girls' accounts for promoting sex work. There's just, there's a lot of things that I feel like, <laughs> like not having the word OnlyFans in the name anymore, it's, it's just going to help me, although I still am very much supporting OnlyFans and like what they've allowed me to do. But the offensive part. So it might be a little self-explanatory, but I mean, OnlyFans is one of the biggest things I do. 
And people just seem to be getting offended left and right. They're like, where is your father? You are a slut. And I'm like, you, you don't have to subscribe. You don't have to like look at my content. You can block me. But people choose to get offended. But hey, thanks for boosting my engagement, fuckers. <laughs> because when you comment all these things, guess what? <laughs> my videos reach more people. And I, you're just getting me up there. You're climbing me up the ladder by <laughs> helping me with my engagement. But I mean, it's not just OnlyFans that people get offended by. Ever since I was like in college, people would get offended by like my bikini pictures. People get offended by my TikToks about empowering women or saying like funny jokes about short guys. Or, you know, people just tend to get funny or offended about everything. Like I could literally be walking down the street and this actually happened where I was in a hoodie and when I wear hoodies I usually get the extra largest so I don't need to wear pants but apparently this person was offended and told me to put on pants and I'm like ma'am you can't even see my butt but you know that's just my point people choose to get offended by everything and I just kind of want to make fun of that uh, in this podcast and just say do what the fuck you want and be who you are and be authentic authenticity be authentic to who you are I think the funniest one that people like to say when they are getting offended is like that I'm fatherless and that's like the funniest thing to me because somehow my father not really being involved in my life and him being like a narcissistic asshole like people think that that's an insult to me when like really shouldn't that be an insult to him like shouldn't we be putting the blame back on him like having people take accountability when it's just so funny to me um but you feels me you feels me so let's get into my story and why I am the way I am because like you know, I think it takes a lot to be this weird and quirky and out there and all the things that I am, but there's a story to it. So <laughs> I am your former Miss California. Oh my God, Adelia, <laughs> you were a pageant girl <laughs> and you turned into an OnlyFans porn star. Yes, yes, I did. I hope the pageant system doesn't send me like an email retracting all of my previous titles. They're just going to spend their time like retracting everything with my name on it. So they're not associated with me anymore. <laughs> oh my God, that'd be fucking hilarious, actually. However, I started pageants when I was like four or five. And that's when I won one of my titles. I've won Miss California three times. But um, I'd say the pageant system kind of fucked me up because I was literally being judged on like who I was and being told I who I should be by my mom, pageant coaches, judge comments, etc. Like a judge would literally say like the dumbest shit. Like I didn't like her answer about what she would do if she like found a hundred dollars on the street. And like I was saying shit like I wanted to donate it to charity, but they would like nitpick your answers and like who you were as a person. So I, it wasn't like the healthiest logic, but you know, I started getting bullied at school pretty hard for doing pageants since I'd say they didn't make me the nicest person because I started to kind of view life as a competition. Um, so, and I thought that being in a competition with everyone, like I felt like my goal was to be better than them. So, you know, it was kind of understandable why I wasn't the best at making friends. But after years of, you know, not being great at this, I decided to do whatever I could to make friends. Like, let me tell you, I was desperate. I was desperate. Um, 
I, I remember I had a girl tell me the only way to like be friends with her and to like make friends at my elementary school was to dress like a boy for a whole fucking year. So here I was shopping at Target. I was buying like these big old baggy t-shirts like basically like basketball t-shirts like baggy shorts and even the guys made fun of me because they're like we wouldn't even dress like that but I was trying just to fit in with someone um and in sixth grade just kind of continuing this like I wasn't popular (laughs) I was like this weird old outcast who just felt like I didn't fit in anywhere but in sixth grade these two girls made like a fake Facebook page and they put a beautiful profile picture of like this woman um it was a fake profile I didn't know that they said that she went to like a neighboring um middle school and uh that's why she was friends with everyone from our middle school etc so at first I trusted it and I was so fucking excited that someone pretty messaged me and like wanted to be friends with me like me the weird kid like fuck yeah let's fucking do it so she asked me a lot of questions that I didn't really understand like I didn't even know what a cuss word was until I was in fifth grade because my parents just like really sheltered me and kept me under a rock so one of the questions she asked is if I masturbated and then if I masturbated with carrots and I just said yes to everything because I wanted a friend like I feel like I literally would have like literally said yes even if I knew it what like what it was just because I was that desperate like I I didn't like to sit alone sometimes or like have like one friend or you know I wanted to make friends but anywho word got around the school I started masturbating with carrots and I started getting bullied hard like people literally threw food at me made fun of me called me weird a misfit like it was literally if someone was like using my name they're like oh my god don't act like Adelia today like people would literally be saying that kind of shit so you know I just never really seemed to fit in (laughs) um in high school you know so when I first went to high school I actually started making friends with the older kids because the older kids literally didn't give a fuck if I masturbated with carrots I'm sure a lot of them were masturbating already and having sex and stuff so I actually started to fit in but with the older kids never with my grade and then after my mom kind of decided that I was being a little too rowdy I finally after years of her trying to catch me failed a drug test for weed <laughs> for weird I probably only smoked like once a month so she just like drug tested me at the exact right time but she sent me to a troubled teen school in Utah aka basically like a teen rehab (gasps) for weed which is like literally one of the most traumatic experiences of my life like my experience wasn't as bad as like Paris Hilton's if you've watched that documentary but it still was very very traumatic so I was kidnapped and sent to two different troubled teen centers Um, both of which I was told I needed to change who I was to make my parents or others, like any superiors, any older people, the church, like I needed to change to make others happy. The staff were horrible, horrible fucking people and said sexist things about the girls campus, such as we were literally whores for just being who we were, like literally just standing there. Like we weren't even allowed to wear short shorts. Like if we were wearing shorts, they were either khakis or basketball shorts, or we had to wear jeans or leggings. And here the male, or actually it was all the staff, all the staff were over there calling the girls campus whores, but saying like great things about the male campus. Um, 
something else uh, that really fucking sucked about the rehab was that the therapists were very corrupt people. They would they would lie to both you and your parents to get you to stay longer so they could like suck some more money out of you. So I remember I would tell my parents things that were happening at the rehab, like girls bullying me or trying to fight me, etc. And then he would call my parents after the fucking like session and be like, oh, your daughter, she's having a rough day. She's being dramatic. You know how she is. She lied to you guys. So she's lying again now. And then would tell me things my parents were saying to kind of pin me against them. And it was it was just very, very toxic. And, you know, it, it did grow a distrust with me with a lot of people for a while. Um, and, you know, you just you really couldn't you literally got cited even if you expressed yourself. Like if you were having a shitty day and you were being negative, being like, oh my God, it's like way too hot outside. I just need to lay down. Like the, the staff would cite you for like just being a Debbie Downer. You just, you really couldn't be who you were. It, it, it was torture. So let's fast forward to college. I was able to actually make some friends, but then I started growing my Instagram. And like I mentioned before, I had cameras up my asshole taking pictures of my butt, trying to get those angles to make my butt look big, my tits look big. Like, you know, I wore my pasties. I was out there headbanging. I was acting crazy. I mean, I was crazy. I like drank a lot. I used to do Molly a lot. Then I started doing acid a lot. Like I was a crazy girl. But people would literally start like making fun of me. Um, and it's sad because it was something that really made me happy. Like that form of self-expression when I feel like growing up. Uh, there you go. Uh, <laughs> I'm so pretty when I do that. But, um, but you know, growing up, I felt like my sexuality was just oppressed, like, or suppressed, or whatever the right terminology is there, but I felt like I was never able to sexually express myself. So then when I was able to start doing that on Instagram, it was like, I, my confidence started growing, I felt good about myself, and, you know, people started making fun of my ex, or making fun of me to my ex, which has actually caused a lot of issues with us, but, you know, they started calling me, like, a stripper and a prostitute and make a lot of degrading comments. It was never to my face. They were, like, being nice to my face, but some of them would post on their Instagram stories and their bios, like, making fun of me for, like, the stuff I was doing, and I even had a teacher, a teacher, literally a college teacher tell me that my shorts were too short and no one was going to take me seriously and that I should start wearing longer shorts to class. And I remember writing her an email saying that that made me uncomfortable, that she was commenting on my clothing and kind of like sexualizing me for my clothing. And what she said was that if, um, like any job recruiters or, or yeah, if any job recruiters were on campus, none of them would hire me if they saw me walking to class. And I'm like, you think out of the hundreds of people walking around this campus, you think that the job recruiters are going to remember that one girl who has her ass out in her shorts? But, um, <laughs> oh, it's just really funny because I did go to the, the University of Arizona and these were the people judging me so hard for what I was doing when the statistics show that one out of three people got chlamydia in college at the University of Arizona. Like all these frat boys I know were fucking multiple girls, raw dogging it, no condom a week. And yet they were like projecting, I think, their insecurities onto me. But hey, guess who got on Jordan Belfort's Instagram for talking about my chlamydia? At least I'm capitalizing off of it, baby. Because I was also raw dogging when I was a freshman and, you know, got, learned, lesson learned. But um, fast forward to corporate America about a year and a half after um, 
for about a year and a half after I graduated college, I worked as a recruiter, then I worked in logistics, and I realized that neither of these jobs gave a fuck about me or my mental health, um, and work friends are fake friends. Um, they literally had me selling a product that I knew sucked, I didn't believe in, our prices were higher, our customer service was kind of shitty, there were just a lot of things where like, I didn't really support it, and then my mental health was just deteriorating. Um, and I finally said, fuck it. This decision was actually made on acid while I was at a concert. I'm like, I'm making an OnlyFans and I'm quitting this fucking job. And um, I think that was one of like the first moments in my life where I made a decision for me um, and not anyone else. Because I, I was thinking about making an OnlyFans for like six, seven months or something like that. And um, what kept stopping me and what I kept realizing is like I was so nervous for everyone else's judgments Like I was scared of my parents because my dad was already calling me a whore for my Instagram I was scared for the people at my college who were already calling me a slut for my like, you know People were just already calling me a slut so much I was so so scared of making an OnlyFans and what everyone was gonna say until I was finally just like fuck it like I was living for other people not myself and this is like the first decision that I was really making that was for me. And I'm selling something that I believe in. It's like my brand is what I'm selling now, which I couldn't say before. I was selling shitty, shitty logistics projects or products. And now I'm selling like my brand and my nudes, which I think nudes are now like one and one with my brand because I really like it now. But um, OnlyFans has just been able to open so many fucking doors for me just like created so many opportunities. Um, I started pursuing DJing because I mean like, come on, come on now, let, let's just do some deductive reasoning why I might've started. I named my dog Wubs. If you don't know what Wubs is, it's like the womps and Wubs with dubstep. Like I'm a fucking bass head. I was a raver. Like I just thought this was one of the next like logical steps in my life. Um, although I will say this has been a really hard journey. I thought I was going to walk in here because I played piano growing up and it was just going to be a breeze. I'm like, I'm going to be the best DJ off the bat. I'm going to be the best producer off the bat, which is completely fucking false because I think I'm, <laughs> I think I have a lot slower of a start than other people, but Hey, hard work will eventually play pay off. But, um, you know, there are like literally people out there just going back to the topic of, you know, my my podcast is called That's Offensive. There are people saying it's offending them that I'm pursuing DJing and using the opportunity that I have for my social media and my OnlyFans to be able to like pay to have people help me pursue DJing, getting those lessons, etc. And I'm like, I'm sorry that my dubstep offends you, but I'm really just trying to believe in myself. And, you know, people can get offended all they want. And I'm sorry that some people have it like rougher than me. But, you know, I got to I got to live my life for me live my best life. Um, another thing that I started doing with OnlyFans is I started sharing a lot of my life on TikTok because I really like to open up about some of my experiences. I like to make people laugh, although I do need to work on my TikTok internet persona because I know I'm funnier. 
<laughs> I know I'm funnier than what I come off on TikTok. And I don't know what it is. I Maybe it's the stage fright. Maybe it's just my acting skills that I try to like do these skits. But like, let me just tell you, if you meet me in real life, I'm definitely funnier than on TikTok. But I think people notice that too, because people will say everything from I need to go to church to I'm not funny to I'm cringy and I need to have morals. And you know, they're not wrong on any of these things. You guys are just boosting my engagement. But again, you, you don't need to look at my TikTok. So why are you spending the time to comment and be offended? I'm not telling you to stop commenting and being offended because views are views, baby. Like, keep them coming. But you know, I just, I can't live for other people. And the theme of this podcast is going to be letting the haters be our motivators, but like on a deeper level, empowering others to be their authentic, genuine selves and changing the narrative when it comes to different lifestyles and different styles of work. Um, something that I didn't necessarily consider on my last podcast was that OnlyFans isn't for everybody. It has been one of the best experiences I could have asked for. Um, and it has empowered me in every way possible, but you know, the shoe doesn't fit for everybody. And this podcast is going to be an opportunity to like inform people on if it is a good decision for them. Um, so, you know, if I can just educate you guys, like have you guys make informed decisions, I'm doing my job right. So it's been a while since I podcasted and a first for me podcasting by myself. Actually, that's a complete lie. This is actually my second time podcasting by myself. I already made an episode, like basically the same script, everything. You could hear my voice shaking. I like tried listening to the first, um, I'm trying to think, like 10 minutes of the podcast. I mean, there's just a 180 difference between then and today, but my voice was shaking. I was like, Wubs, can you jump in here? Wubs, you are my fucking co-host of the day. And she didn't help me at all. She was just licking me and not speaking. And I mean, it's a fucking joke, guys. Like, she's a fucking dog. But um, <laughs> yeah, so this, this is a crazy opportunity. It's a little nerve wracking because now like, it is just me. I mean, me and Wubs. So, you know, at least she's here for moral support. She's passed out. I took her to the dog park before this, so she'd be a good girl. But um, so because this is my first podcast in a while and it's actually me just doing it by myself, I thought that I would like fill you guys in on where I left off. So the last podcast I did, I talked about hitting 500,000 subscribers on my other podcast and I threw a party. So in this party... <laughs> I did like seven fucking grams of mushrooms. And you know, you might be thinking, holy shit, you're fucking crazy. I think my max that I've done is like nine or 10 grams. And you couldn't even ask me how I'm still a functional person after that many like grams of mushrooms. At least my tolerance has gone down because I haven't been partying as much, but like, bitch, I need to calm down. But uh, get my tea, my tolerance back down. Um, but something that happened is I literally threw up a lot and I had to pee every few minutes. And something that I don't think is talked about enough is people always talk about the alcohol seal. Like, you know, when girls pee for the first time after they drink and they're like, oh my God, I broke the seal and I have to pee every 30 minutes. I had this with mushrooms and I don't know if it's just me. You can write in and tell me if it's just me, but the shroom seal is real where I just have to pee so many times and then sometimes I'll go to the bathroom and it's like nothing is coming out. It just feels like a waterfall needs to come out of me and nothing is there. Um, 
And let me just like paint this image for you because this party was actually in a really cool place. It was jungly vibes and it was outside and like the music was a little quiet, but um, but like it was just very, very aesthetic and it was humid, hot, etc. Like mosquitoes were literally chewing me up. Like that's how humid it was. And I was wearing kind of like fake leathery shorts. And imagine having to peel those off every 30 fucking minutes because I wanted to get like my shroom, my shrooms on. I wanted to get that shroom trip on. Um, but anyways, that I feel like people are like, why are you talking about pee so much? But this is like a revelation for me that I feel like I just wanted to bring the awareness to other people. But at this 500k party, I remember talking about in one of my past podcasts that I had a few potential love interests. And in this one, I was pursuing one of them. And he really did seem like the perfect dude. He offered to clean for me, to cook for me. He actually even listened to my podcast to learn about my likes, dislikes, etc. And I have literally never had a guy do that much for me. So I'm like, why am I not in love with this man? Like, I think the most a guy has ever done is like paid for my Uber after fucking him to go home. Actually, no, I had like one guy help me with some graphic design, but this is actually after we even broke up or ended things. We were literally just friends at that point. But like this guy was checking out all the check marks. So I really had to think. And my advice to everyone is never settle for someone you feel like you should be in love with. And I felt like that was what I was doing. I was like trying to convince myself that I should be dating him and that he would be great for me and that like, you know, he wouldn't be a fuck boy and that this was just going to work out great. And <laughs> some girls might love the shit he was doing, but I, I just, I couldn't take it anymore because I don't necessarily want someone trying to like solve my problems or always ask how I'm doing. And I think the biggest red flag for me was that he called me darling, not once, not twice, but I think it was like three times. Like one of them was after we had sex and that was just, you know, (laughs) have you ever felt your vagina go from wet to just drying up like the Sahara desert? Because that, that's, what was, that's what was happening there. So I'd rather be alone than that. But like, I know some girls would fucking kill for that. And the thing is, it's, I'm not telling him to change to like fit for me. It's just, it wasn't really a match. I feel like we were both just such submissive people. I mean, actually, I'm pretty dominant in like everyday life. But like in the bedroom particularly, I need someone to like dominate me, hit me, tell me exactly what to do, degrade me, call me a slut. A cum dumpster, slap me around. And if someone isn't able to do that for me in the bedroom, then, you know, it's just, it's not that fucking compatible. <laughs> but this wasn't the only thing stopping me from wanting a man at the moment. But the other thing was that I am just now discovering that I am definitely bisexual, whereas I thought I was just bi-curious for years. And this is like a huge discovery for me where it's like, I do want to explore how I feel about women. Um... So let me just start off the story by saying I literally spent most of my life saying I don't like being eaten out. Hated it. Thought it felt like someone was licking me. I mean, I guess that is technically what's happening, but that's all it felt like. It felt like someone was like licking my elbow, but like on my vagina. It didn't feel tingly, nothing. Like, you know, that, that, that's just, I think I even talked about it on my last podcast just for reference. Then this goddess goddess she was a goddess 
right, Wubs? She was gorgeous. Comes along and licks my vagina in every right way. And I have, okay, Wubs, are you going to be a bad co-host right now? You, you, don't, you need to stay for the story. All right, lay back down, bitch. Um, my God, you guys are going to think I, like, abuse my dog. But I think in reality she borderline abuses me with her neediness and because I don't abuse my dog. She's great. I'm great. We're, we're great together. It's a great relationship. Anyways, this goddess comes along. So let me like paint a picture for you for how this all started. It was three of us, all three beautiful blonde bombshells. My God, I can't believe I just referred to myself as beautiful. People are literally going to be like, oh my God, you're so conceited for calling yourself beautiful. But you know, in hindsight, when three like pretty blonde girls with fake tits are together, people are going to be like, wow, they're beautiful. So I'm just going to go with that. We started um, talking. We started off by the pool. So we were at the pool. They were drinking. I was drinking my water because, you know, I don't really drink. And um, the one girl who licked my vagina was talking about how she has a boyfriend. She's allowed to hook up with whatever girls, even guys, as long as like she shows her boyfriend the videos after. And one of her like main goals in life is to teach people how to have good sex. So I was like intriguing, like maybe this girl can turn me. We go up to the hotel and decide to make a video where Kristen, that's her name, teaches people how to eat out by eating me out so then I can eat out the other girl and her name was Sarah. And let me tell you, like this eating out story, I have thought about this girl, Kristen, like every single week since it happened. Like, I think I've hooked up with two guys since her and I wish the guys were her while I'm hooking up with them. Like that's, that's how good it was. And that's when I knew, like, I'm definitely bi fucking sexual. Like she, so she started off, she used her tongue unlike any man I've been with. She started by kissing like my tits then slowly making her way down to my stomach, then like spread my legs apart, was like licking or like kissing my thighs until like she finally got to my clip. But like she was teasing the clip for a second and then she got to it. But like just the way she was like doing everything and like teasing me and really having that build up, like I was already wet by the time she started licking my actual vagina. And then when she started licking my vagina, like the, t- the tingly feeling I got was unmatched by anything a guy has ever done. Like I have come like maybe like two or three times from dick in like those times it don't even compare to like the shit she was doing. I was feeling re- lightheaded. Like I was ready to come like, oh my God. And then I started like doing this other girl, Sarah, and I found out I'm better at eating girls out than I am at sucking dick. Like, what a fucking concept. But now that I am sucking dick again because I'm no longer celibate, I'm getting better. I'm working on the gluck luck. Like, I know this isn't call her daddy. I'm not even trying to be like a call her daddy wannabe. But I'm listening to like Alex's first episodes where she teaches how to like give head so then I can give better head because I'm tired of sucking in this arena. But, you know, I, I, I'm getting better. That's all I got to say. Um... <laughs> But finding the G spot and like the clit is a lot easier, I think, when you have one because like you kind of know the areas, you know what what gets you all tingly. Um, And a little bit of advice because now I've been able to find it on another girl and it's actually really easy to find the G spot. So the clit, the clit is where (laughs) like, you know, 
it's where like the pink little I'm trying to think of like like the roast beef hangs out you spread that apart that's where the clit is <laughs> the g-spot however you find this I this isn't even a sex podcast but like this is what I'm learning just from being like hooking up with girls so I thought I'd pass this like knowledge along the g-spot is when you like have your finger you don't put your finger all the way in it's like actually pretty soon after you put your finger in and you can feel kind of like it feels like a ridge so that is where the g-spot in is and you just like fuck around with that little area if you want your girl to come and if you don't want your girl to come then you don't deserve vagina you deserve to die a fucking virgin (laughs) and here's the thing i'm saying this because so a lot of the reason that it was so easy for me to be celibate for so long is because i was fucking with these frat boys who could give a shit if I came, it was like, as long as they got there or not, we would cuddle after, like, I would have my vibrator in the bag, some of them would think it was weird that I brought it everywhere with me, and I'm like, well, I'm just trying to be prepared, like, I'm trying to get off too, and these little bitch boys would be like, oh, like, we already fuck, like, I put an effort for the sex, etc., and like, literally, like, if they made me come, it was a fucking accident, like, that's how fucking bad it was. Um, and then this girl comes along and all of a sudden I'm horny again. I'm believing in sex again. I am just loving life. But speaking of not really being celibate anymore, I did make my first sex tape. Ah, Adelia. Oh my God. So you really are a porn star now. Why? Yes. Yes, I fucking am. I have officially crossed that line to full-blown porn star. Before, with the girl-girl content, you know, I was bordering, but now I do it all, except for anal. I don't think you'll find an anal video ever on my OnlyFans. I tried to stick a butt plug up there for a video, and I completely fucking blacked out. But, you know, (laughs) I think, like, realistically, I crossed the line of being a porn star a while ago, but now I'm just like, I'm all in it. I'm in it to win it, baby. I'm in there to get my bag. Now I'm fucking again. And so surprisingly it was one of my old subscribers well actually let's be real I hooked up with him before he was a subscriber then I wouldn't hook up with him for a while and then he became a subscriber because he's like well I still want to see her naked and then I'm like you know he'll be down for content let's get to it and I gave one of the sloppiest blowjobs I ever have and I'm like all right all right so the call her daddy tips are working I'm giving better head (laughs) I'm doing all this stuff um so I'm fucking stoked on that So for those of you judging me being like Adelia, wasn't the episode of your first podcast OnlyFans biggest uh, prudes because like I really didn't fuck and I was celibate? You know what? Yes, Timmy, I was celibate, (laughs) but I was also in a like right now I'm in a place in my life where I want to explore my sexuality and not get shamed for it and like find a sex that really does feel good. And I think it was just so easy for me to give up sex before because all of it was super mediocre. And now that I'm having like good sex again, like why, why give it up? Honestly, I might, but like, you know, I just, you know, want to have sex every once in a while nowadays. And I think being celibate, um, has a purpose, you know, it, it had its purpose and it definitely helped me in the time, but Sometimes being a hoe has its purpose and it's whatever you're feeling, baby. And there's no shame in whatever it is you fucking want to do. But (laughs) speaking of exploring my sexuality, people are going to be like, wow, you really fucking are a whore. (laughs) I had my first orgy and it was with all girls. 
all girls, baby. I feel like if there was a dick there, I would have probably freaked out, like not knowing what to do. But at least since it was all girls and I felt comfortable with all these girls, they were all OnlyFans girls. I'm like, yes, let's fucking do it. Um, And this is where I figured out, like, I am really submissive in bed. Like, I want people to dominate me. And that's how I get, like, super turned on. But, um, I, uh, you know, there were like, there were just girls in the orgy who were very, very dominant and I was getting turned on by them specifically. So this orgy started with a little card game where all the girls were around a bed and the cards would say something ridiculous, like caress her elbow or like pinch her nipple or like put your elbow to her. But like, it was some like ridiculous stuff to get like the girls loosened up and like, comfortable enough to like literally have an orgy with each other like we were crossing the you know we were friends like crossing that line from being friends to like we're gonna fuck each other we're gonna fuck each other hard um (laughs) so there were some girls just to paint this picture there were some girls on the floor and the girls on the floor just weren't really comfortable getting things shoved in their vagina um vagine as I like to say it but for some reason the word vagina is rolling off my tongue better than the word vagine today so I don't know why that is but it is what it it is it is what it is it is it is what it is so (laughs) um I was one of those girls that's like yes I want to get fucking railed by one of these girls with a strap-on dildo on so here my friend was my dear friend Nala And she put on a strap on and fucked me so hard with it that it literally fell out of like the little holster. And yes, yes, guys, you can find the video on my OnlyFans. (laughs) But like since I hadn't had sex in a hot minute, my vagina was so tight. She almost like shoved it in my asshole and I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. But then like I was eating girls out. Girls were eating me out. And it was just like it was a grand it was a grand fucking old time. And you know, I felt very sexually liberated because I think most of my life people were trying to tell me that like doing things for my, like, like owning up to my sexuality, doing things I was feeling sexually. Like it just, it was wrong to express yourself sexually. And this just felt so liberating that I was able to do exactly what I wanted to do, explore my bisexuality a little bit. And the nice thing about being bisexual, but heteroromantic. So there is a little bit of a difference there. So um, heteroromantic is when like you can only see yourself dating guys, but bisexual, like I get very turned on by girls. So like when I hook up with a guy, I get attached a lot and I can't really help it. But when I hook up with girls, it can just be like a, a little fling, a one and done. And it's, it's fun. <laughs> like, it, like no strings attached. And then we can just go back to being friends after it's great. So, <sighs> you know, You talked to Adelia about a year ago and she would have been disgusted, like absolutely disgusted by the things I'm doing now. She would be like, you're not celibate anymore. You're hooking up with girls and guys. Like, who are you? (laughs) Like, who, who, where, where has it all gone wrong? (laughs) She would have been so disappointed, but hey, I'm proud of me now. But like, put things into perspective here. Being celibate in Arizona was like so incredibly easy for me because like 
every single guy that I saw in Arizona, they just reminded me of like that cartoon where it's like the muscle guy who eats the green beans and all of a sudden his muscles grow. Like the guys literally look like meatheads who do steroids and wear shirts that are too tight for them. And like, you know, you, you can just imagine how much their dicks have shrank from the amount of steroids they use. There's just, it was easy to be celibate there. Like there was absolutely no one who like made my vagina tingle to the slightest. But in, on top of that, on top of that, I've hooked up with some of these men. So let me tell you, these men on steroids in Arizona, and a lot of them are pretty, so I feel like they have that going for them. So they've never had to find a clit. I don't think they've ever found the clit or tried to. I, <laughs> it doesn't make sense though, because all these girls in Arizona are like, or in Arizona are like 10 out of 10. Like, you can be a 10 even in California and go to Arizona, and all of a sudden you're a five. <laughs> And the men in Arizona just don't deserve these girls because, like, why, why is it so hard to, sh to find the clit? Like, it's all these frat boys being like, well, I'm pretty, she's pretty, I don't have to try. Like, no, this is why I go for my skinny, dorky men because at least they have to try in bed <laughs> because they, they don't have a whole, lot, a whole lot less going for them. I think, I think I fucked that. Like, it was a tongue twister right there. But the thing, I actually am really attracted to tall, skinny men, but they do have to try a little harder in bed because... Most girls aren't attracted to them. Me, however, if it looks like you're drugged out, like you've done meth, well, not, not in your face, but like your body, it just looks like you don't eat. For some reason, that is the body type where I'm like, umph, umph, my vagina's wet. Oh, th this has just gotten a little out of hand here. But now, like, you know, I am in a place with OnlyFans that I'm able to explore my sexuality with no judgment and it's completely freeing. It's so exciting. I'm able to post what I want, say what I want, do what I want. And you know, I think like this whole podcast definitely is like offending some people somewhere. They're like, you're having orgies. You're not celibate anymore. You're not a woman of God. You're telling people that OnlyFans is great. Like, fuck you, bitch. You know what? I'll take that. I'll take that because I am promoting authenticity, and if this is what I want to do, if this is what you want to do, if this is what anyone else wants to do, fucking do it. Like, that's all I got to say. And at least I am being myself, and I encourage everyone else to do the same. Peace out, mic drop, but just kidding, I have to plug myself. So... <laughs> Since all of my accounts just tend to get deleted a lot, I'm just going to plug my website. That's its deals. So I-T-S-D-E-E, -E, like E like elephant, L-Z like zebra, dot com. And you can find all my updated links there. Thank you so much for coming to my first podcast. Hopefully you don't hate me too much. I know I can be annoying. Thank you so much.